You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. Alright, here we go. Episode number four for the week of April 2nd. So this week's uh, uh, topic is going to be controversy, but I think just before we get to to uh, the winners, losers, and actual the topic of the week, uh, can I tell you a story that what happened to me this week? Yeah, you've told me this one. This one's great, but uh, tell the rest of the league what happened to you. So I'm in Coburg. Uh, I had a I had an appointment that I had to go to, so I'm in Coburg, and I get very few opportunities to go and and just have a coffee by myself. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to leave early, going to sit and have a coffee. So I'm having a coffee at McDonald's by myself, enjoying the quiet morning. And in this booth directly behind me are four guys, and they're talking about their hockey pool. And these guys are probably in their mid-60s, and they're really upset. And uh, the, uh, the issue stemmed from draft night, is that one couldn't get logged in, and then another guy got outbid by uh, another, another gentleman, who will, I guess, uh, they remained him name. I think it was actually not nameless. No, I think his name was Jim or something like that. And anyways, long story short, is that uh, Jim's not talking to the rest of the pool. So it, it was really interesting to see how this is kind of a universal thing that's happening with guys right now is, uh, is these controversies here. And this yeah, is nice well, lead-in. Th- it sounds like this was an alternate universe Luke here and that these guys are who we are going to become, who we aspire to be 20 years from now. It's, it's, there was one really bitter, bitter guy. Kind of kind of remind, reminded me of a Rusty. Well, you know what? Uh, there's been a few bitter guys in the last few weeks. So. Oh, and, and I think we're going to touch on some of that this week. All right, so before, before we get into our actual topic, uh, as always, let's start with this idea of winners and losers. So... Uh, what do you want to start with here? Let's start, let's start with winners. And this week, my winners are the guys in positions one, two, and three. Although we don't know where they are going to finish, we haven't seen anybody make up any real traction on them with only five days to go. Have we already seen who's going to win? We just need to see who gets the top prize, the second prize, and the third prize. How about you? It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, Bowlby was up, I think, at one point in the week, up to about 110 points, almost 111, and it looked like he was really, really pulling away from, from Hennessy. And uh, if you check today, here it is. You have two-and-a-half point difference. It's closing in again. It's making it interesting. You know, I think at this point we can definitely say, you know, uh, Metal Storm Robbie Warham is, is, is in the money. He's third. Um, that's, I'm going to pull that out here and, and, and say that. But, yeah, I agree with you. The, our our uh, week's winners uh, for, for April 2nd here are the, the top three teams. Yep. A couple of categories that could really swing the finals. Uh, it was yesterday or the day before Doug's team really lost some points in its save percentage. His save percentage, right now we are into the third decimal point for save percentage, yeah. and guys are losing two or three points a night based on where their goalies are. It, it, it has been it's so close and it, I don't and again I, I say this every week I, I don't think it's been um, a year that we've seen something that's actually this close in terms of this standing it's so volatile okay we've done winners what about losers now Nick in a box is my big loser for the week he hasn't been able to make up any ground despite the fact that Metal Storm has virtually no games left he is still five and a half behind that third place spot and I just think he's running out of time to be able to catch. Uh, that money again really impressive run for him to get to that point but i would call him one of my losers 
PMF has fallen. He hasn't gained, so he's he's fallen behind you now for sixth place. Yeah. I would call you a winner, but I think yours is a bit false because you've maxed out on centers, centers left and wing, and utility. Yeah. So or right wing, sorry. Yeah. So there will be a slight correction there. I don't think you can go much higher, although you've made an impressive run as well. And then I cannot believe again, Zoltok is fallen down to 11th place. So for me, Nick in a Box, PMF, and Zoltok are my three weekly losers yeah i agree with you on that one nick uh i think oh i think actually a lot of this comes back to trade deadline and not seeing not seeing enough uh, movement on those three teams um if they had maybe had pulled something away and, and did something that it actually uh um they could have jumped in the standings a bit again i'm, I'm just blown away that zoltox at 11th just completely blown away yep so let me ask you before we go on to our topic for the week i would like you to tell me this time next week who won the pool who finished second and who finished third? I'm, I'm saying it's one, two, three. That's exactly how you see it this week. I'm calling uh, Whiskey Dick Van Dyke Show as, as our winner. He's number one. I'm saying Hennessy is number two and Metal Storm is number three. Those are my one, two, three. Four, I'm going to say it's not going to be me. I've maxed out too much. I, I tried to get up into that category, and I'm going to say it's Nick as well. So it's, it's basically what you're seeing right now. You? Number one and two are too close to call. I think Warm has third wrapped up. That's my guess. So you're 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 still saying that it could be Hennessy could pull this right on out. I think so. I think this comes right down to the last day on Saturday. I'm also a little bit disappointed in ESPN. There's a makeup game on Sunday, Boston and Florida, and those of us that have Boston players or Florida players, that does not count in the standings. You should drop. You should drop your Boston players. I'll drop Marshawn tonight. Yeah, I think that actually would and pick up uh, and pick up somebody else that actually uh, We'll play that game for you, makeup game. I will say too. I know. I know you want to get to this thing. I might have to trade Marshawn next year. He is an idiot. He's a complete idiot, and he is going to get suspended, and is going to hurt me next year. So, if you're listening, next August, come knocking on my door for Brad Marshawn. I'm sick of him. You should trade him to Bowlby. For Vasilevsky. For Vasilevsky. That's a great straight trade. straight up. Bobby, there you go. All right, so let's move into our next segment here, which is dealing with controversy. And my, 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 have we had a number of them. So what we have done here for you this week, listeners, is to break it up to the top five. The top five controversies, we probably could have done 20, but, you know, we're limiting it to five because, you know, we try to keep keep the podcast under an hour here. So here we go. Uh, top, uh, top five uh, controversies in the Lug since its genesis. So number five would have to be the banning of Richard Stevens this year. That's right. It happened uh, this year in November, mid-November, and uh, it was a unilateral move on my part. It's never been done before. Maybe I was on a bit of a power trip, but um, Rich had completely disengaged from the pool in year two. He, was, he would go hot and cold on the texts and on the emails. Uh, you'd be in discussions for trades, and then he would disappear. But I was also checking uh, him on a daily basis. He wasn't updating his lineups. He wasn't doing any transactions, so he had completely disassociated himself. I warned him. I sent him the Constitution two years ago, and I said, this is a big commitment, and he was up for it, but it looked like, uh, to me, like he had completely disengaged. So uh, on a weak moment, on a Friday night, I banned him. So I think I think the the straw that broke that camel's back must have been uh, uh, a, a trade that fell through. It had to be a trade. Everything has to deal with trades here, so that probably was an issue. Was that the case on this one? If I recall, I, I believe that Duchesne got traded to Ottawa around that time in the three-way deal, so my dream, my only dream left in life is to pull off a three-way deal in the Lug, and we were in fairly deep discussions 
with a really great trade. Um, maybe at a later date, I'll call the trade up, but it was looking really good. And then he went completely silent for five or six days at a critical moment in that three-way deal. And that, I think, was the last straw for poor Richard Stevens. Did he deserve it? Absolutely. Did, he deserved it. Is there any way he can ever make that up? Well, you know what? If we if we lose someone, because I do feel bad, and he is an easy $35. Who are we trying to kid? Yeah, that's true. That's we, true. Maybe we bring him back. We give him another chance. I think that might be an idea. We'll see. And then we can double ban him. Never in the – and then his picture can be up in the Constitution twice. Oh, yeah. Everyone listening, you guys are going to be excited. I've got a new appendix this year where we have pictures of the people who have been banned from the pool. You guys will really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that's a fantastic part of it. It's always a good read, though. All right. Number four. What's the number fourth controversy? Well, we're going to go back three or four years ago. 2014-15 season did not start off well for Blair, and it is the classic – Jacob Voracek, three hundred and fifty dollar overbid on draft night. I think, I think, <laughs> I think everybody can remember that one who was in the pool at the time, where you know it's bidding, bidding, and then all of a sudden it's three hundred and fifty dollars. Did he? If I remember this correctly, is he meant to bid thirty five bucks, didn't he, or something? Or what actually happened in this case? Yeah, I think he was actually trying. No, it's our weekly announcement. There we go. <laughs> All right, hopefully she gets that message. Uh, if I recall correctly, Blair was doing the draft and waiting for the season premiere of uh, Eastbound and Down, an HBO show. And uh, he, was, he was multitasking on a night where really your only priority should be the pool. And he accidentally bid 350. I had no idea at the time that I could pause the draft and reset that player bid. Uh, and unfortunately, Blair's season was over before it began. He, did he not leave the draft shortly thereafter? And, yeah, he, he, he exited. He was pretty upset about that. I don't blame him. It's a slip. You know, we've all had that uh, moment. And I don't think that's the first time that's actually happened in the pool. It's not the first time, actually. Uh, in 2012-2013, which was the second or third year of the uh, ESPN version of this pool, we had Doug Hempstead build, bidding $101 on Brent Seabrook. Uh, but unlike the Voracek one, which I think we all felt really bad for because it screwed Blair's season, we felt really good about the Seabrook one. Oh, I had absolutely no uh, no concerns about that one at all. I thought I thought, and it actually lended to award. Didn't we actually have a Seabrook award in in, in that uh, honors uh, that moment's honor? We did create a Seabrook award. Now the positive, there are always positives from these controversies, and the positive is that I now know there is a pause draft button that we can use. Uh, it got overused the following year when it we were did. pausing because people were having internet issues or something which is wash and break too i think we paused it for a wash and break at one point yeah, we'll it never, it's only going to be used for overbid in the future you i think can, you yeah. can carry your, your laptop to the bathroom i think we need to uh put something like that in the constitution but have we'll you see. ever carried your laptop to the bathroom during the draft no comment i've have used uh bottles so a, a catheter i have a catheter put in just before I yeah. think we all do. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, number three, now this one probably goes without really a whole lot of uh, details necessary, but I think number three is this. What do you think? Uh, it's got to be this year's play by Rob Warham. So it's Metal Storm's no goalie play in 2017-18. We've talked about this quite a bit in previous podcasts, so we don't need to spend too much time. But it certainly did cause some backlash and a new rule. And uh, This is the second... Out of the top five controversies, we have two from this year. It's been a good year. Yeah, it seems like a fairly calm year. And I think, again, because we have more stable owners. But there have been two of our top five controversies have been this year. It's been, and that, that's what makes it exciting, an exciting year. Now, 
If we can continuing on to, to uh, uh, oh, just before we go on. I was just going to say, how do you feel about the 75% games played rule that will be coming in next year? I actually really like it. I, I honestly think that the idea of the pool is to be playing players. It's not picking them up. And you'll hear, you'll hear a little bit later here uh, with, with uh, when Bowlby jumps in on the show, is that uh, I think the spirit of the pool is to be playing players, is to be playing those positions. It's not to pick them up and hold them away from managers. Um, part of the fun of the pool is simply, you know, if someone goes down, well, that's the way it goes. So I think the, the idea of having a base minimum for uh, uh, all positions, I would actually even like to see that extended, not just to the goalie position, but to all positions. Yeah, the, the skater positions are easy to fill. Everyone tries to max those out. Maybe in the last couple of days, people get strategic with plays plus minus or something like that. Uh, but with the goalies, it's going to be interesting. Goalies are going to be very important next year because to get to a 75% play rate. Regular goalies play 75 to 80% of their games if they're not hurt. So so goalies are going to be key next year and there will be a few managers who aren't happy that they need to pick them up. Yeah, you know, but that being said though too, I don't I don't fault uh Metal Storm for 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 pulling it off. I mean, it it's uh it was there, you know, as as, as he said many times before. Um, you know, it wasn't done in a malicious intent. I don't believe so, but I think I think the constitution addresses that now and and we can all move on uh Merrily. And it needed to happen. And it needed Somebody to Somebody needed to try it. Yeah, exactly. It was a, nece- a necessity. Now, for our, our, now we're into our top two. So for, for, for the, the, the second uh, biggest controversy in the history of the pool, I think we have to really rewind back to the 2010-2011 uh, season. Yes, this is the first year that we had the ESPN version of this. Before that, we had a Yahoo pool going. So this was the first year of the keeper pool. Everyone was going in fresh with $1,000. It was new rules, and on the very last day of the season, we had Funk Master Flex, which was Aiden Helmer, and then we had Second Hand in Tempe. Not surprising, Rob Warman on this one as yeah. well. And Aiden was leading, I believe, on the Saturday, going into the final Sunday. Yeah, you're right. Warham noticed a rule in the ESPN rulebook that stated that you could go over in games played on the last day, and that's because there's different start times for games so that you could play let's say we, we have 184 playing positions at center, you can play your 184th and 185th game on that Sunday and you will not be penalized. You gain points for both games. And that's what happened. Warham overplayed his players and that resulted in him and Aiden tying on the very last day of the season. That, that's a, that. I don't, I don't, you know, yet know what's our number one. We'll hear it in a second. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, that's a massive controversy, and that it's a second controversy that is dealing with uh, Mr. Metalstorm. Well, it was so fabulous that Aiden emailed me and said that Warham should be banned from money, and he thought it was really great that Warham used this rule, but that he had clearly broken a rule and he was no longer available to win any of the prize money. And Warham, being Warham, immediately responded saying that Aiden should be banned from the pool because he did not use the proper forum to to request a rule change and because Aiden had not requested formally using the constitution that we have that he should be ineligible for money. Now, going back to our constitution, can can this occur again this year? Can this happen this year again? This controversy revisit, rear its ugly head again, with with such a close running between Hennessy and Whiskey. You are allowed to do the overplay. That's you have a 184 game limit, but ESPN rules dictate on that Sunday that you can overplay your max. So it's fair game this Sunday. But all, all we, you see a lot of managers doing it. They hold on to one game until that final day, 
and then they dress a full squad. That's crazy. So it's totally okay. It's, it's, it's what 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 an unbe- again unbelievable moment it in was, the pool. It was glorious, and both managers had a good sense of humor about it. They both made some good money off, lots of money. Oh, this, this it's, it's, money. It's, it's, it's huge. They made a lot of huge money cash. that day. Huge cash. Yeah. Oh, by the way, everyone, can you please pay me by Sunday? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I haven't paid you yet, by the way. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. You yeah. never pay me. That's right. There we go. Um, now we are at our number one uh, controversy of, uh, uh, of I guess, history of the, of the Luke here. So did you just want to just do a quick little intro? And then I'm, I've got uh, actually uh, an interview with Bolby that we're going to play for the audience. Yeah, this one is far and away easily. Everyone can remember this as the top controversy ever. And this was the Battle of the Dugs. This is a trade that took place between Bowlby and Hempstead that involved Chris Letang. Chris Letang had just suffered a stroke and was traded on the day that it was announced that he suffered a stroke. And that caused a huge, huge controversy in this pool. So so just uh, previous to, to us going on air here is uh, uh, Doug Bowlby called in. So I'm gonna, we're going to play you that tape right now, and then uh, we'll, we'll join you back and, and so for some comments afterward. All right, I've got Doug Bowlby on with me right now, and we're just going to go through our uh, top, actually, top uh, controversy of the pool ever. So, Doug, how's it going today? Good, good, good. Yourself? Thank you so much for joining us. So, there are just a couple of things. Just before we get started, I want to congratulate you on, uh, I mean, being in first place right now. How does that feel? Uh, I've never, well, ever since money's come into play, I don't think I've been... Uh don't worry about it I do that all the time so let's get, actually get into the controversy piece here so our top controversy of the pool is the Doug, Doug versus Doug controversy do you remember this <laughs> oh yes I think I was even awarded the, the tampon award <laughs> so I yeah that's actually right I want I want to ask you a couple questions here about that. So tell me about the negotiations leading up to that trade. Um, I can remember. It's funny. It's like I guess if it, any other trade, I don't remember where I was, but when it's traumatic, I can picture every little step along the way. I was uh, brushing my teeth late at night, and I remember I got a, an email slash text or something from uh, Hempstead saying, "Hey, do you want to swap up the Tang and uh, Markov?" I thought something was fishy because I was like, why would, why would he give up Latang? And uh, so I did my quick little research, checked out to see. I, I looked everywhere I, I could on the internet, and it just said he had flu-like symptoms, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'm good to go. And so uh, that's kind of how it all went. That's how I went to bed that night. So you know, like, do you think Hempstead, sorry to cut you off there, do you think Hempstead actually knew about the severity of Latang's situation? I didn't think he did at that time. I did later. He, yeah, he, he told me he knew later on. So what was his initial reaction when the news of that is stroke? At, at stro- oh, he, he had he, a stroke. He was kind enough to contact me while I was teaching. <laughs> to uh, send me an email saying, and it just said something like, bummer news, man, about the pack. I was like, oh, what's that? And I look, and sure enough, I see. Like, I wait until I have a break. I go and I check things out. 
there it is that he's got a stroke. And, you know what, I was like, and I wrote back, no worries, man. Like, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. I was okay book, with it. There will be a section with um, your picture and your quote. And a lot of people are asking, where do I get this from? Well, you guys can write that book. Alstorff said to me, do you want to cancel the trade? I'd be okay. I was like, no, no, it's okay. That's just the way it goes, right? That's right. So, that's how we, that's how we stand. And then, and I was okay with, like, being on the bad end of that trade. But then, he went to the message board and, then went on to talk about, I, and again, I know I'm uh, not quoting him exactly, but he went on to call me a moron, so-and-so, for not doing any research whatsoever, and that he knew about all this stuff, and it was just a clever move on his part. Yeah, this thing, like, blew right up. As soon as it hit the message board, I remember that. I'm like, oh, my. So, like, what did you think, uh, or sorry, why did you think uh, Ham said responded by dropping his entire team then? Uh, well, I have to admit, I had that feeling once upon a time too, with a, a veto that I had way way back, and I was like, I got in that pouty phase, but I didn't really do it. But you know, you get in that. Well, maybe I should just quit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't. So, I, but at the same time, I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, you just all of a sudden I got a text from him. You got your your pool back. Because I think I made some reference of um, something along the lines of that stuff wouldn't have happened before he joined the pool. It, 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 it's got to be the, probably our finest moment as, as, as a group of adult men. <laughs> well, I, you know what sticks out to me is uh, when all that went down, when he dropped all his players and Aiden jumped on and said, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Uh, I think we all agree that the pool is better with Hempstead. I was like, well, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't really know for sure. And then I almost threw it back in his face like a year later when Hempstead was pulling some stuff that Aiden didn't like. And he was doing like, oh, he's, you know, he's picking up goalies and he's not playing them. And he was doing all this, you know, you know quote unquote, dirty pool kind of stuff. Yeah. And I really wanted to go back to that quote and say, well, you know, the pool's much better with him in it. I think we'd all agree to that. <laughs> It, it was it was literally I think our finest hour there and it, and it, it uh, a, a couple of years later I, like this is what this is about a couple two years later or so it's st- it's still it's still raw you can you can sense that. <laughs> it's funny because uh, you know he and I ended bridges or whatever like Doug and I was fine you know we kind of laugh about it here and there but uh, you know I, I still cringe when I hear him on CBC radio from time to time. Yeah, that that incident didn't uh, didn't affect me in any in any way. But I'll, I'll tell you uh, that I, when I hear his voice here and there, it does give me shivers as well. I I, I, I do like the, the 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 campaigning he did. Didn't at one point he campaigned to have a trade vetoed? Or, was this the same deal? He tried to. He also he was going to give me. Uh, it got canceled. I think. Um, and then he was like, the trade did get vetoed. Yeah, I think so. But he he did offer me the tank for free or something as if that would make it better. Like, thanks, I want a guy who's not going to play all year for free, but I'll have to double play it again. That's but it right. was, I don't know, it was, yeah, he, he tried to mend bridges and that kind of thing a little bit, but... Uh, In his own rusty way. Yeah, but it, it didn't, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. I know I came off as a, as a, as a baby and all that. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> 
No, oh, Lord. It was, it was an absolute amazing moment in our pool and, and one, that, one that we'll never forget. Well, it was amazing, and I still remember my wife with this big, <laughs> just irate, like, about this guy just dumped this whole pool. I was like, this guy's, and I, I again, I, I know this is a, you know, a PG uh, podcast, so I won't say the things I was saying, but I laughed at my wife, just from her perspective, just must have been, what? Like, I don't understand, none of this is real, why are you really upset? Like, why are you really angry? And I was like, this is real. It is. What, your, your fantasy. Your fantasy. It's got the word fantasy in it. Like, yeah. See, I just don't understand that, right? Like, my, my wife and I know Angela's wife as well. As soon as we mention the word pool, they just literally leave the room. Do they? Yeah. Oh, my wife. My wife actually has the terrible dreams of the night of the draft. With all she says she can hear is in three, two, one. You know, she just keeps hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And then someone will then, of course, rebid. And then it will just keep counting down. And yeah. Just such, like, terrible yeah. Dreams. I'm told I have to wear headphones and sleep in the basement. That's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. That was uh, an unbelievable uh, walk through memory lane here about okay. the, our top controversy. Uh, are you, uh, you going to uh, contact Doug? Well, we'll see what if we can get him on the show at another time. Uh, I think it would be actually phenomenal to kind of revisit that. Um, yeah, exactly. no, he's like, what is that guy on Survivor, uh, Johnny Playfair, whatever that guy is? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that, could be, that could be your pool name for next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. So, All right. I've got Doug Bowlby on. Whoops, we were playing that again. So, what what are your thoughts on that? So now you just heard uh, you heard the controversy uh, from from Bowlby's Bowlby's uh, retelling of it. What are your thoughts, Angel? Well, I had to deal with this as the commissioner of the league, and there was huge fallout from this. My wife, who does not care at all about this pool, thought this was absolutely hilarious, but she also realized that there were some serious implications because we had some major players that were available now on the free agency and waiver wire. So we had to uh, act quickly. If you guys recall, I immediately sent out a message board saying that no one was going to pick up any of the free agents. We had to do some finagling uh, behind the scenes to get Hempstead back on the pool, which he did, which probably was a huge mistake. We would have... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a nice guy, but... It, like Rich Stevens might be allowed back in, yeah. we can all agree that Hempstead is never allowed to be in this pool. Again. Yeah, yeah, he can. He still has some contact in there. He stopped in on on uh, trade deadline. Uh, you know that was fun. But yeah, I agree with you on that one. You know what I love most? Well, I don't love it, but what I think is most interesting about this controversy is the fact that a 26 year old man almost died, had a stroke, at the peak of his career. Yeah, had a medical emergency. Yeah. And it turned into a huge controversy in our hockey pool. This is not actually the first time somebody's had a, in in the NHL has had a life threatening uh, situation, and it's it's uh, been I won't, I won't say taken lightly in the pool, but it's it's been dealt with um, not with the most sensitivity, I would say. No, listen, I remember when Stamkos shattered his leg. Uh, it was an afternoon game yeah. on a Monday. I don't know what holiday it was in the United States. But I had Stamkos in my pool, and 
I didn't even think about his health. I just thought I was screwed. My year was done. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge amount of sensitivity. So there you have it, folks. There are our top five controversies going right back to Richard Stevens, then the Voracek overbid, Metal Storm's no goalie play, the tie that we're calling from 2010-2011, and then finally the Battle of the Dugs, 2013-2014. So... Uh, that's the episode for this week. When you uh, join us next week, uh, uh, we'll have the topic of the season wrap-up. We'll have our winners, clear winners. We'll have our clear losers as well. And we'll also have our preliminary keepers, hopefully, that we can talk about. Yeah, so make sure, folks, uh, before end of next week, to set your keepers and uh, send in your $35. <laughs>